I clicked right. the button, but it doesn't seem to be going. But I want to be careful I don't click it again to stop it if it's going. Uh, but I clicked it for real that time, and it doesn't seem to be going yet. Okay, hold on. Do you love computers? I love computers. I do. I clicked it for real. I clicked the button. <laughs> oh, you know what? I clicked the button, and even though it doesn't say we are live, we are now live. So uh, take it away, uh, Dusty. We're we're down someone for his birthday. All right. Yeah, we we are down a Robbie for his birthday. Uh, every time I mention it, he's gonna get younger. He's turning twenty four today, and uh, I texted him last night and congratulated him on entering his 30s and he corrected me he's like you know how old i am right i was like yeah i was just being being silly uh i think he thought maybe i actually thought he was 30 i don't know um so we have phil and robbie today we have medusa say hi medusa hello um i'm actually uh med medusta medusty <laughs> Yeah, I like it. We have to get Robbie some some colorful sunglasses as well. I got a feeling he has some colorful sunglasses. Um, I, yeah. So yeah, so we are here on Reinventing. Thanks to everybody with Reinventing. Uh, thanks to Gabe for coming in clutch when Robbie was getting tattooed for his birthday and uh, was unable to make it. Thanks to everybody. It's always fun. We hear every Monday at five and we talk about feelings. And uh, I feel like Medusa is kind of the official unofficial third at this point anyway. So I messaged her at four when I found out and said, uh, hey, I am terrified to be on there by myself because I have no clue what to do with my hands or what to talk about. Um, and here you are in a pinch drawing chromed out scorpions and talking about feelings. Oh, God, I have so many feelings. So <laughs> many. Yeah. So uh, something you were saying right before we went live was that you are in a phase of drawing a bunch of chromed out stuff and that you're excited about it, but that none of them are done because you get halfway through one and you're like, oh, another cool idea. And then I feel like yeah. you have an ADD brain like I do. So you're like, all right, yeah. this one. and you jump over. So I've started some cool shit. Hell like yeah. Samurai helmet. And then hold on. We're working on a koi there that's like gold and shit. And then I'm drawing out right now. Uh, well, I guess you can't see it. I've got uh, my light box here and all of my drawings taped to the backside. And I'm inking out a flash sheet. Um, wow. that I'm probably going to get about a quarter of the way through chroming it because all of these are going to be chrome and then I'll come up with another idea or move on to something else. Um, I'm, also, I'm also ADDing with mediums too because this whole sketchbook 
And all the things I'm working on in here are a color pencil. And then with this one, I pulled out my acrylic inks and watercolors. And I just, I'm struggling keeping finishing things, like the discipline to stay on track and finish something. But you know what? Winter's here. I'm spending a lot more time cozying up inside. I'll have a lot more time to get around to them. Now I always have a rotation of something going on so that if I do get bored of one thing, I can just pick up another project without having to start all over, right? Yeah. I guess. Sorry, I'm actually like planning out how I'm <laughs> going to try to finish these out no. loud. So that's going to be our topic for the day then about feelings is the feeling of being overwhelmed with stuff, focusing on things, being scatterbrained. Uh, this time of year, when I finish tattooing and I'm like, damn, I really tattooed till midnight. And I look down and it's like 7.15 uh, is the absolute worst time of year. Daylight savings is my mortal enemy. And so, yeah, I'm like extra super ADD, foggy, scatterbrained, just nonsense throughout all this while my body figures out what's going on. Um, and I feel like that brings up a whole thing of, you know, you could call it feelings, uh, the, you know, emotions of feeling just lost and confused and scatterbrained and foggy. And even while trying to explain it, I feel like I'm lost and scatterbrained and foggy and like halfway explaining it because this weather kicks my ass. So you did you're like, oh, it's winter. And I'm like, oh, that's the worst time to try and do anything because you have the time to do it and it's cold and you don't want to go outside. But it's also like just dude, I have a winter birthday. When is your birthday? It's February 4th. Nice. I have a fucking winter birthday and it's at like here in the Pacific Northwest. That's like a pretty cold time of the year at the end yeah. of January is when everything is super frozen all the time. So beginning February, obviously people are a little bit weirded to go out almost consistently. The like first big snow is at the end of January. So at the beginning of February, everybody's like, I don't want to go out because I might get snowed out or something like that, you know? Um, so every year for my birthday, nobody wants to come hang out. It's cold. They're, you know, doing all that. And I get it. It's the time of year. I'm used to it. But I remember being bummed that nobody wanted to hang out with me like last year or the year before and somebody being like, oh, you know, it's probably well, I mean, it was the it's the winter. Maybe people are a little cold. Have you ever thought about that? And I was just thinking, yeah, every year. <laughs> yeah. no I know <laughs> I know what time my birthday is every year yes I've thought about that but uh I think a lot when of um get in the water it makes you turn wet have you ever thought about that <laughs> <laughs> but no I think um something that uh um I think is a big issue right now, especially for, especially for a lot of creative people is uh, the seasonal depression coming up, which uh, affects a lot of people's avail availability, um, their desire to go out and do things, even when they're at home trying to be productive to the desire to 
keep going with a project is difficult if you're in a tough spot like the seasonal change is a real thing oh yeah yeah like i live in a valley of ohio that makes for really weird mood swing weather so uh thursday it was i don't know if it broke 80 but it was in the upper 70s and i wore shorts and it was beautiful and then literally the next day i woke up and it was 40 and snowing outside um it's pure what's that (laughs) climate change is real oh it it is (laughs) but this has also been like the miami valley has just been known for this for like since i've been alive that it's just this insane like the weird weather fronts will come through and it hits this valley and it'll either go right around us or dip so we get these weird things but it's like so hard to stay you know mentally and emotionally like alert and on top of your shit when you wake up and you're like here's a beautiful day and you look out and you're like i have to scrape off my car it's cold it's dark at six everything is awful and it's so easy to go from 10 to like two in the span of five minutes of like checking facebook and seeing that photo of snow and being like no why why all of this Dude, I, uh, I think just really recently, I, uh, like in the past few days, like the see the, it being dark earlier hit me so suddenly. Yeah. I feel like just last week I was hanging out and it was still light at like 7 PM. And then just like yesterday, I looked outside at like five and it was dark and I'm just like, I, I thought it was nighttime. Yeah. And like, like day, night, night. obviously has a big effect on it, but I do feel also just like this time of year that it is like when summer's over, it's dark at nine. And then a week later it's dark at like eight 55 and then eight 50. And it like very gradually changes by the week. So minuscule that you don't really notice it. And then all of a sudden it's dark, even without daylight savings, it's like dark at seven. And then it's suddenly like, a week later it's 6 30 and a week later it's six like it just speeds up so insanely and then i always forget that it still gets earlier until december so for the next month even with daylight savings it's gonna go from dark at like 5 45 to like 5 30 to 5 15 and it's just such a it's a bummer to wake up and it's cold and you go to work and it's cold and dark and you get off and it's already dark again and cold and just, ugh. Yeah, no, it's, it's a few months of almost feeling like you're dredging. I mean, I think a lack of the vitamin D from the sun can, has definitely, I mean, I know it has an effect on people. I think another thing to consider is um when we lose daylight subconsciously we start checking out you know like mentally getting out of work and productive mode and start getting into rest mode so the earlier that it gets darker the easier it is for your mind to start being all like it's time to settle down when you still have like three more appointments left for the night. So like one thing I struggle with is feeling motivated to keep going after I look outside and I see it's dark. And then my brain just starts being like, it's nighttime. 
we're about to go home and go to sleep. But really, yeah. I'm just like, oh, no, it's not even dinner time yet. I am still at work. Like, fuck. Now I have to, like, try to trick my brain to get back into where it's only the middle of the day. It's not night. Yeah, we we as descendants of bears don't Google that. Just assume that we are. Uh, I feel like the hibernation mode is real and it is very winter woodland creaturey that we're like, okay, it's dark all the time. It's cold. I want to curl up in something warm and eat a ton of food and just pass out. So yeah, when you look out and it's dark, it's really hard to not. And I, I had, it hit me really real last week because I had a lady Tuesday night that I did legitimately tattoo until probably about 1130 at night, maybe midnight. Um, working on a big piece, just taking our time. And like, we were laughing, listening to good music, having an awesome time. But, you know, it was that thing where you finish and you're like, oh, that went way later than anticipated, which is fine, you know. But the next day I tattooed a, a group that came in and uh, they all wanted to get a few small things. And by the time we were done, it had been dark for hours and it was the same thing. I was like, man, this is two days in a row that I went until almost midnight. And I looked down and it was legitimately eight maybe eight thirty at maximum but it had been dark for hours and it's yeah it's it goofs with you real good it's hard to want to get in that mode to create and to do things when you you know are just like in that fog of like no it's bedtime and you have to convince your brain it isn't and then you have to caffeinate and then you have to lie to yourself and turn on every ring light in the shop as bright as it'll go and not <laughs> I turn to my left here at the shop literally this whole other room is all giant open windows that face the street so it's really hard to not look to the left and pretend that it's dark out at 5 30 yeah no i uh oh man it's really it's really really rough definitely i think my biggest struggle definitely is um making sure that I stay in work mode and like awake productive mode after my brain registers it's nighttime it's time to go home and but uh, uh do you so, feel like running into that with clients like do they also because a lot of times in the summer I'll tattoo until nine or ten at night because it's just getting dark and people oh I work until five I couldn't be there till 5 30 I'll book them for 5 30 whatever trying to do that in the winter do you run into people that are like oh i'm not off till five and then i wouldn't be there till 5 30 and then it's bedtime at 5 45 like no i don't want to anymore um i don't think so i'm not sure i quite understand the question i guess just the idea that the same way that it's hard for us to not be in bedtime mode by six do you run into clients that are kind of the same? Like you would book them for later in the day and they're equally in the seasonal depression fog that they just don't want to bother with doing something. I, not okay, that yeah. No, I have clients day. that don't last as long as they normally would as the season changes too, because I think they're also just getting tired earlier and wanting to hibernate sooner. I definitely have run into clients who normally would sit for like four hours. And then last week, they're just like an hour and a half. And they're like, I'm kind of tired. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I mean, it's different for everybody. So 
I don't know. I know that one way I am trying to um, keep myself uh, in the rhythm of things and not let either seasonal depression or the lack of sunshine get to me too much is uh, I'm going to try traveling more this winter. Um, As I think I said before, I'm going to Puerto Rico for that convention with Jason Leeser in the beginning of December. So that's um, gonna be like Puerto fucking Rico in December. That's gonna set up such an unrealistic expectation for any other traveling that you do though. You're like, I'm going to Puerto Rico where it's beautiful to combat this winter blues. And then I'm gonna go to like Detroit. (laughs) (laughs) No, actually, um, no. Because I was thinking about guesting at a few other places in January or February-ish. I kind of want to be doing a guest spot for my birthday this year so that I'm not stuck in Pacific Northwest bluesy winter time. Um, And I was just talking to Bruno actually about guesting at his place in Fort Lauderdale for my birthday. Um, yeah, but I was also talking to another person about going to Arizona sometime in February too, but I can't leave too much. So I think I'm going to go to Fort Lauderdale though, because that's a, a Florida and, um, I prefer beaches over deserts. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, I've been talking to a lot of people in Florida. They, they say that it's, uh, you know, tattoo season all year long because they don't really have the frigid winters like we do yeah so that sounds pretty promising both for business and to get some sunshine i got two promising trips to get a good dose of vitamin d while it's dark up here i love it i was just talking about uh when I got, if you tattoo in Florida, even if you're just a guest artist, you have to get this license and it's kind of a pain in the butt because you have to have like a certain Florida approved bloodborne pathogens and all that. And it's like the one where you can't skip anything, even if you know it. So you have to just let your computer play for like three hours before you can take the quiz. And that's like the most minuscule white people problems, but it was still very annoying to me. Um, but when you go to fill it out, you can do a guest spot thing for like $35 or for 60 bucks, you just get a year long one. So I just went ahead and filled out the year one. And uh, so I'm licensed in Florida to tattoo until like October of next year. So I think January or February, I equally am going to go back down and hang out with Robbie and Donna and do some tattooing, get some beach vibes because yeah, it sucks up here. Oh my God. We should plan our trips together. I know that uh, Robbie's area is far apart from Bruno's area, but I'm down to make a trip work and then we can trade tattoos. I could get heart-shaped glasses and you can get I Didn't Kill Selena. Yes, I'm in. How, <laughs> how far is Fort Lauderdale from Melbourne? Because Florida is one of those tricky states where it could be an hour. It could be like... I think, I think like eight hours driving. Okay. No, we'll figure it out. Yeah, but I can, I'm pretty sure with enough advance notice, especially because I'm using this as my birthday trip, I can make, I can make things. 
work. I can like do a work thing and then I can take like one of the sh- short flight up to you where you'll be at and then I can fly back home from there or something. Yeah, we'll, we'll work it out. Hell I'm yeah. Being in Ohio because in Ohio it's a big state, but it's a circular state. So everything is four hours from something like any edge to edge, corner to corner, you're looking at like four hours. There's yeah, states like Florida where it's like, I drove from Tampa to Orlando after the Villain Arts Convention to go to Universal and it was only like an hour and 15 minutes. And then equally, you can be like, oh, that's at the bottom of Florida. It's like a 10 hour drive. Like it's a whole day away and it's in the same state. And that still just blows my mind. I went to Texas, the most insane. They're like, oh yeah, you could drive across Texas. It takes like 50 hours. It was just insane. Just a giant wasteland. And there's nothing between each big city. So they're like, oh, Austin, it's only four hours of just desert to get there. Dude, West Coast and Southwest are all pretty spread far apart. Actually, everything, (laughs) everything West of like the Midwest and Louisiana is just hours apart. I'm going to Oregon in March and it is equally like I have to go back and look at a map and pretend that I'm eight and figure out how geography works because I never know where any of that stuff is in relation to each other. And uh, when I was out there for 208, we were only like 45 minutes from the Oregon border. So I would talk to people like, oh, where's this shop? Where's that shop? I've heard so much about these different things in Oregon. And they're like, oh, it's like eight hours away. Oh, that's six hours away. States are deceptive and I don't like it is the moral of that. Uh, I just want everything to be a two hour drive, no matter where I'm at. I really wish time and places would just chill out and stop being so complicated. But Noah, um, where in Oregon are you going? I'm going to Eugene for Evergreen in March. Oh yeah. Oh, shit, yeah. I was going to take that weekend off of work to go out there and uh, hang out. I won't be able to tattoo at it, uh, but I was going to take one of those, one or two of those days off to just go out. I think they have seminars, right? Yeah, they do, like, Wednesday, Thursday, before the convention. There's, like, two days of seminars and stuff. And then there's seminars throughout the weekend too but it's a whole it's like a whole week-long thing at this point yeah because I'm not working it I don't know what I can have access to uh but regardless I'm gonna make some time to go out there just to hang out anyways talk to people and say hi and everything so from you huh how far is that from you I think Eugene's just like an hour and a half from Portland. I'm going to look that up right now. I don't remember, but like it's our big local thing. Yeah. Aside from the stuff in Portland. I haven't been to Eugene in a few years. I don't remember. You could have equally said Eugene to Portland is like 12 hours and I would have just believed you. Oh, two hours, an hour, 57 minutes. Nice. Not hateful at all. 
well then we will also we're going to hang out in florida in february and then in oregon in march it's going to be a hell yeah my dude 2023 classes people i swear we got to get matching bracelets i'm in i'm easy that's what yours will say i'm easy this got off on such a tangent about travel and hating travel. Um, I don't even know. Robbie's always the uh, the purveyor well, of that make you feel. And yeah. Aside from feeling foggy with all this crappy weather, I'm feeling pretty good. So I, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I've definitely felt the seasonal depression approaching. But I'm also um, kind of looking forward to the slow season here. So in places like where we live, you in Ohio, me in Oregon, we actually have wintertime. So we actually experience a slow season due to the weather. Um, I know that there are places where there's not much of a slow season because they don't experience a winter like we do. So people are still always out and about and stuff. Um, But uh, I'm looking forward to the slow season because all of these projects that I haven't finished and I started, I'll actually have time to get back to them if I decide to. I am also looking forward to just life in general slowing down a little bit I think um I'm personally ready for a breather if you will I feel like um this last year everybody has been rapidly trying to get their makeup tattoos from COVID yeah like business is popping because of how long People were, you know, hesitant to go out, how long restrictions were, adjusting back to normalcy. Everybody in the tattoo industry had to kind of change the way they did things. A lot of people had to switch their whole thing over to like appointment only when they were used to doing walk-ins and then the places that were already appointment only got booked out even further because other places were shut down and you know so it's been a very heavy season for what I like to call the COVID revenge tattoos yeah Um, and that's it's funny because you had said oh we experience winter and we have a slow season and I was like honestly I don't remember slow season for years now I feel like every year there's a weird two weeks in September where everybody's kids are going back to school and they have no clue what's going on in their lives. So everything pauses hard for about two weeks and it's still steady enough to be steady, but it does feel like, oh, these two weeks were kind of chill. And then it pops right back off. And then right around Black Friday time, people get really holiday minded and December is a little bit slower. It's still decent because people are coming back to town for holidays and want to get tattooed and meet up and all that, but just slow enough because everybody's kind of like, well, I want to save my money for gifts. I want to save my money for charity. I want to save my money for, you know, giving to this and that. And then by January, it's right back into 
Christmas money, Christmas gift cards, people are getting ready for tax money and then it's spring and it just explodes again. Um, but I do think that was a big thing of COVID. I know here in Ohio, we were shut down for, oh, two months, maybe just a hair over two months. And it was funny. I was just telling this story to someone the other day. They closed us with health and beauty. So when they closed beauty salons, hair parlors, all that stuff, we were closed. Same, same here. Yeah. Now, when they reopened all that here, I don't think the Ohio, like, that they really realized how many tattoo shops and tattoo artists there are because they just announced that health and beauty could reopen and nobody could get a straight answer on if that included tattoos. And I think enough tattoo artists bugged them and called out the actual like offices and everything that they finally had to issue an official statement. And it was on a Wednesday when the reopening date was that same Friday. So we had 48 hours to start scheduling, adhere to all the guidelines, get everything fixed up, get everything in place, put up new signage. And yeah, it was like 48 hours. But I remember in maybe a 24 hour period that they officially announced like, okay, hey, we can reopen Friday by Thursday, from Wednesday to Thursday. I think the shop I was at had maybe a hundred emails in 24 hours. It just, the amount of people that wanted to get their canceled appointments rescheduled, the amount of people that wanted to get in, everybody got those stimulus checks and taxes and all that. Mm, Stimmy check time. That was fun. Bloated. And I feel like really it's still, that was shit over two years ago now. And I feel like it still really hasn't stopped being overwhelming. It's just now starting to feel normal ish. I feel like, I am experiencing the first slow season or slow-ish season. Like it's it's slow season comparatively. Yeah. Um uh like I don't think that I had a slow season last winter. Yeah. Um and the winter before that was still COVID-y um yeah and i guess the winter before that was pre-covid yeah so yeah the last couple of winters i don't know i feel okay the first covid winter yeah definitely super slow and weird because of all the covid restrictions and kind of things the second one this last one very busy I feel like that was an uptick of revenge COVID tattoos where everybody's finally feeling comfortable to start going out again. And that hasn't stopped all year. And just like this last couple of weeks, I started experiencing the first several consecutive days of no phone calls or no walk-ins because like we're finally getting like a little bit of a slow time. But uh, I'm super happy about that because I haven't had any drawing time in like so long yeah i get it how did how did you deal with like the overwhelm throughout all of the covid tattoo rush like did you just put your head down just (laughs) thrown out or uh you mean like with the uptick of uh, uh revenge covid tattoos yeah I just, uh, well, I'm still super new. 
So to me, this is my introduction into tattooing. So the revenge COVID tattoo season was really my first actual season of tattooing. So, um, I mean, it is a lot working in a walk-in shop as a new person that hasn't built a whole lot of clientele made it so that I had a lot of availability for a long time. And I, sometimes I was taking like, I think the most I did was 11 or 12 tattoos in a day. Hell yeah. And sure, it was awesome and really cool. I got to say that I, you know, hopped the fence, if you will. Um, But, oh my God, was it draining? Yeah. I haven't had a social life in so long. (laughs) Like, it's literally just work and sleep and work and sleep. And I... um, If I'm not doing either of those, I'm trying to catch up on reinventing stuff, which I am so glad that all the courses I'm signed up for are kind of go at your own pace because (laughs) a bit off a lot more than I can chew. Um, But uh, the overwhelm, I guess I, I don't think I dealt with it very well. I know that there was a couple of times where I think I just had like full-blown panic attacks like in the bathroom at work at Mm -hmm. home not feeling really great and everything but since it's gotten slow I've been able to definitely chill out a lot more and recalibrate my mind and my feelings and I've um been able to uh meditate a lot more too yeah hell yeah so I don't, I don't think I ever really properly learned how to deal with the massive overwhelm because a lot of times I still feel really overwhelmed. Um, but, you know, meditation kind of helps. I started doing that recently. My form of meditation is very different than other people's forms of meditation, though. I light up a joint and stare at the wall and zone out. If it works for you, it works for you. My big thing, uh, I don't like drink or smoke or do anything. I'm a square. So I would, uh, when the overwhelm got really, really bad, I would say the height of it for me was this year in the spring when like COVID restrictions were really lifted and they were doing conventions regularly again and everything was really popping off. And we were, there was days where I would work like 28 days of the month and do like four or five tattoos a day every single day of that that my meditation was I would go out to my car for about five minutes and just scream at the top of my lungs sometimes to the point of like losing my voice and then I would just like drink as much caffeine as possible and go back in and tough it out and uh that is a super not healthy way of dealing with it but that was the meditation that I had time for and uh, oh, yeah, yeah it, it was literal insanity. And it's such a blessing because you're talking about it's weird to think that like it sounds so unhealthy on paper, but it is kind of a blessing because I know a lot of people back when I first started getting tattooed and going around tattoo shops and my first apprenticeship and all this stuff that it was like if anybody walked in, everybody was like, 
borderline three stooges like fighting and tripping each other to get to the front door first so then especially with you talking about how it was like a new thing to you at the time like how much regular clientele did you build up doing all that that are people that you know kept coming back to you and hitting you up and it was like such a perfect time in history for somebody to cut their teeth in it and to get that level of you know oh i'm busy all the time this is awesome i'm i am grateful i am super grateful that i was super busy right off the bat yeah i think it definitely helped kickstart my career and it's such an awesome and an awful way because there are those feelings of like wow i'm not going hungry i'm staying busy i'm building clients i'm getting all the practice in the world things are getting better while equally you know, like being so overwhelmed that you just have to go stare at a wall for five minutes and slap yourself in the face and then go back to it. Yeah, no, I think there's been a lot of times uh, where I have, yeah, in the past I have tattooed like past midnight. There was fucking Tuesday where multiple times this has actually happened, but I remember it being specifically a Tuesday and getting out and closing down the shop and it being like after 2 a.m., the bars were closed, the streets were empty. And I just sat in my car and I literally just stared out the window at nothing, just zoned out for like a solid hour or something before I snapped out of it. And I was like, oh, yeah, I still have to drive home. <clears throat> and uh, that's actually happened a lot of times and everything. Um, I don't think a lot of people realize how much uh mental effort goes into tattooing if they haven't experienced it being a tattooer um because i so my journey into tattooing took 13 years between my first apprenticeship and me actually starting tattooing a lot of on and offs, a lot of not great experiences, you know, Um, but also in the last 15 years, the industry has changed so much. Yeah. So fucking much. Like in my first apprenticeship, it was still like you'd get made fun of if you even looked at a rotary machine. And now that's normal. Yeah. Um, like pen, pen machines are a thing and everything. Um, but, uh, you know, that doesn't mean I have 13 years of experience. I only have like two years of experience actually tattooing because the other stuff, you know, we don't count it. Um, but one thing that I, uh, I never realized And all that other time before until I was consistently tattooing full time as a legitimate artist was how much work goes into it and how incredibly draining it is. If you don't and you need a lot of mental stamina. um, As well as uh, a good balance of being able to set boundaries that I didn't know that I would have to learn to set. Oh, yeah. Like with clients, when they're experiencing physical pain, 
it opens up an emotional funnel a lot of times. And you got to set boundaries. And sometimes that can affect you. And after a long day of doing like 11 or 12 tattoos during tax return season, while everybody is getting their COVID revenge tattoos and tax return season happened at the same time as stimulus checks, which happened at the same time as spring break. Uh, yeah, it's it's draining. It's a lot. It wears you down. And one day of tattooing can feel like a month's, of, a month's work of work. Like, but you have to keep doing that every single day. So besides eating and sleeping and hopefully finding time to go to therapy, having the stamina to keep doing that every day is difficult. So I am very grateful to have a slow season right now. I just keep circling around to how happy I am that there's a slow season so that I can just chill. That's awesome because it is one of those things where I feel like what we talk about every week is a lot of like self-love, self-care. And I've gotten better about a lot of things. But one thing I'm notorious for is being a people pleaser. And that is, like you were saying, the mental drain of how many people do you know that are like, oh, you just make thousands of dollars a day to just doodle on people must be nice I see you wearing what you want and like there's that side of it that I'm like super blessed to be like yeah I show up in the clothes I want to wear we put on the music we want to listen to we eat snacks we tattoo we laugh we hang out we get paid really well to do it and life is good but I don't think a lot of those people see the drain of, like you said, setting boundaries, dealing with people, the emotions behind it, but also like my worst trait with being a people pleaser is that if people hit me up with ideas or questions or whatever, I will be eternally stuck in the zone of, oh, well, if I don't respond to them right now, they're going to be pissed. They're going to go to someone else. They're going to think that I don't like them. They're going to think I'm ignoring them. And I have gotten better about setting that boundary, but I will still like if someone has reached out to me about a tattoo idea or wanting to book or any sort of like real questions and I haven't gotten back a hold of them within 24 to 48 hours, I feel like the worst human on earth because I know that they don't think, oh, he's dealing with 20 clients this week or he's dealing with booking all of these people and he's got 30 emails sitting there all that people really think is, well, I'm hitting him up and he's not responding. And that is such a, that is the biggest drain for me. And a slow season is almost nice for every week or two. I go through that super manic phase of like plowing through every comment, every email, every everything. And I'm finally caught up for the whole 12 minutes before all of those people start replying again. But in the little bit of the slowish season, you really do get to actually just maybe take a day off and breathe and enjoy life and not, you know, people are like, well, you get every Monday off. And I'm like, every Monday for me is literally spend three hours replying to emails and texts, getting everything booked. And then by the time I do, I'm like, especially now, I'm like, well, it's dark out. That was my day. My day was texting people back and booking appointments and taking deposits. Yay. Fun. Like it's not, you know, it is overwhelming. And there's also the physical stamina that goes in there with that too. 
we talk about feelings on the show a lot and the uh, mental and emotional, you know, stamina you have to do to stay with all that and to work through it while the whole time you also haven't slept in days and your back hurts from being hunched over people 12 hours a day straight. It's, it's an ass kicker. I watched um, Derb Morris's seminar last night, Longevity of the Tattooer, and uh, 1010, highly recommend. Yes, he actually did um, it in Dayton about a year ago. He did it at a shop and like got into a whole in-person guest seminar of it. Yeah, yeah, I'm a, uh, I was really happy to uh, catch that um, streaming um or uh the reinventing stream of it uh yesterday with the little q a at the end and some prizes for answer winners and quizzes and stuff like that very fun but he brought up a lot of good points about uh physically maintaining your body and i think that um a really good thing about physical maintenance is also emotional and mental maintenance you know like if you're feeling the blues you're treating your body like it's got the blues you know when you're bummed out you're probably eating pizza and not like you know a salad because it's easier and all of that when you're eating unhealthier food and you're treating your body poorly, your health is going to go down. When your health goes down, your mental health goes back down as well. So does your emotions and everything. It's a big balance in the winter. It's harder when people get seasonal depression. Um, When business slows down, it's really easy to still get really bummed about it too. So I don't yeah. remember where I was going with that. I was just thinking about that and then how they all tie together. Yeah. Just taking care of your body because it does help your mental as well. And like, how many times have you done, you know, a crazy marathon week where it's spring break or done a convention where you've got like 20 things booked and it's insane. And the only thing there in the convention center is French fries or pizza. And every artist has like candy out on their table to lure people in. So you basically live on Nestle Crunch and French fries for three days. Oh, convention diets. Stop. I feel like shit. Yeah. And you like tattooed on stop and you don't sleep and you're in some, you know, uncomfortable hotel bed. And it turns into a thing where like in the heat of the moment, I always think it's a blast. I'm like, wow, I haven't slept in three days. And I am exhausted, but I'm doing all these tattoos and financially it's great and everything is good. And then you get home that Monday and you just crash and burn. And then you spend the whole week trying to get your sleep schedule back on, not to mention like your emotional and mental levels back up because you're exhausted from being an extrovert. And it is just such a, I don't know, just, yeah, it's a mental and physical drain and they definitely do play hand in hand and forcing yourself to work out and to eat better and to do all this can be more physically exhausting in the foreground, but it really does help you stay on the ball and not want to just sleep nonstop in a carb coma. And yeah, it just, it really does help a lot. Uh, I think I'm always going 
I mean, you know me, I'm always going to circle back around to gratitude. One way to deal with overwhelm of a busy season and then followed by a slow season that can be accompanied with winter depression or seasonal depression for a lot of people still practicing gratitude. We got to remember to practice gratitude. Like, at least I don't live so far north that it's 30 days of night and I didn't kill Selena. So, yep. Okay. Three things to be grateful for. I'm not the bitch that killed Selena. Um, I get to be on this awesome live stream right now with Dusty, where we get to wear our matching glasses and talk about how we cope with seasonal depression and deal with being overwhelmed when busy seasons kicks in and you got a lot going on. And I'm also grateful that I got somebody to complain to if I uh, think I put too many legs on a scorpion. Yeah. Um, all right. Three gratitude things. I will say that I'm equally grateful that neither of us killed Selena. Um, <laughs> you know, that extends to others. You can be grateful for others. I'm really glad that you didn't kill Selena either because yeah. I like you and I like hanging out and talking with you on this. And if you killed Selena, I wouldn't be able to. Uh, I wouldn't like you if you killed Selena. Yeah. That's my like. main that I wouldn't like you. Number two. <laughs> You can't really live stream from prison. You probably can now. I don't know. Um, my second gratitude is that we get a season that's slow enough that we do get to catch our breaths a little bit, but not so slow that we're hurting, which is awesome. I still love doing awesome things for Christmas and buying gifts for people and all that fun stuff. And my third gratitude is the fact that we are, like you said, being on this live stream the fact that in the year 2022, we can be on a live stream that other tattooers watch and listen to and complain about being emotionally and physically exhausted and complain about almost needing a slow season to catch our breath and complaining about feelings and emotions and not just be called complete wieners for even having feelings, let alone the audacity to complain about them on the internet. It's a, it's a crazy time. That's been rattling around in my brain since you brought up the whole 15 years ago and the rotaries and all that. Um, I initially apprenticed in 2003, I think. It was like right out of high school. And uh, yeah, they didn't really exist in shops regularly and everything was completely different. But also, like you said, on a mental level, everything was completely different. And if you, you know, that was still in the 2000s you know flashback further to the 90s and friends that I have that apprenticed in the 90s and even people that started in the 80s like it's been an overwhelming wave of people learning that you don't have to be a total shithead uh to usher in the next crew of people and that's that's something to be grateful for and I feel like there's still probably a ways to go in a lot of ways and I feel like I'm saying that as a guy so as a girl I'm sure you could amplify that tenfold into yeah people are scumbags <laughs> but uh yeah i'm actually really grateful that um like it's something i'm really grateful to be working in the industry today as opposed to not that long ago when being a woman could 
be a threat to my safety in the tattoo industry. Yeah. It's a very real thing. And it still is a very real thing that definitely we can't gloss over the fact that it still exists, but it is much better now than it was before. Oh yeah. It's like, there's a lot of things where if you look up um, people from even when, you know, I was born in the eighties and even then, there was still civil rights stuff going on, but it's these people that even being born in the eighties and learning about them in school in the nineties that I feel like, Oh, that was so long ago. And then you look up like the birthdays and how a lot of this stuff compares. And it's like a lot of that stuff wasn't as long ago as it feels like in the history books, because photography was black and white at the time or whatever, but it it really is the same with this. Like our parents we're yeah. our age and dealing with very, very, very different things than what we're dealing with now. Like, I mean, it's not that long ago. I'm 37. I'm not that old. And I remember in my lifetime, it was less with women and African-Americans. It was more with like a lot of like gay groups and stuff like that, that it was the first like the first televised gay kiss, the first this, the first that. And that shit was in like the 90s and even blending into the 2000s. So it's crazy to think that like we've come that far in a lot of ways and not come that far in a lot of ways. But Mm -hmm. it is still at the same time knowing we have a long way to go. Pretty dope to see how far we've come. In Um, a short amount of time. Queercation tattoo. First queer tattoo conference. Yeah. Hell yeah. what think about oh i was just saying that's tight that gabe put that in there um and that's tight that even that it just says the word queer that it's that inclusive that think about when it was first like i was saying like oh this was the first gay kiss on tv this was the first homosexual this and now how it's turned into even beyond that like so many other lifestyles that are starting to get accepted in tattoos even in places where it's the sort of old school artist that you would be like, oh, they're going to hate this. And they're being surprisingly pretty rad about some stuff. It's good. Yeah. to see. I think, uh, I think there's a lot of promising things for the tattoo, the future of the tattoo industry. I know a lot of people, a lot of old school tattooers have um, definitely and I've heard and I've seen people say some pretty negative things about the new kids tattooing these days, not knowing what it used to be like and all of that. But honestly, as a new kid tattooing these days, who has also been in tattoo shops before I became a new kid tattooing these days, like, nah, I think we're going in a great direction. Yeah, I think like there are so many like queer owned tattoo shops that are such a safe, good environment for people who would otherwise uh, probably not be safe in an old school or biker shop. Oh, yeah. And that is so amazing because I think it opens up the doors to more people being able to experience this gorgeous art form that is life-changing it can be very life-changing and healing for so many people yeah so that's really really cool and yeah you're right we are this industry is becoming way more accepting of feelings than it used to be 
it blows the fact my- that we can even be here is awesome. Sorry, I keep interrupting. I've always thought that tattoos should be punk rock and for punk rock people. And like, it's such a punk rock thing. It's rebellious and it's art and it's awesome, but it's hard because if somebody comes in and they're a 45 year old soccer mom and they want to get, you know, their kids' names on them, like they should have every right to get that. And it should be like, that's the, the ground level of punk rock is like accepting of everyone as long as they're not being harmful to themselves or others and so it's so weird to be like tattoos should be punk rock but then people are like well you tattoo soccer moms and college kids so often. yeah like, kindness punk is punk rock, rock. kindness and that's where i was going with that is like there is nothing more punk rock than seeing you know these shop owners around here that are like older guys they came up in the late 90s early 2000s they've been tattooing over two decades and they'll get, you know, like transgender kids and they'll get queer kids and they'll get different lifestyles in. And you can tell there's this initial five minute awkwardness when somebody walks into a shop and there's like old school splash all over the wall and skulls and shit. And they're kind of like, oh, I'm here, me, and I'm nervous and I'm awkward. And they're accepted so quickly. And it turns into such a like, huh, I did not expect this experience. And you get to watch them 180 from how is this going to go? Can I be myself? Am I going to be hurt? Am I going to be ridiculed into like, holy fuck, these people are just as punk rock as you would think tattoos should be. And that in turn, we think that anybody that is coming from, you know, different minority groups that are coming from different like sexualities from different genders and, you know, different, all of that are equally like, that's fucking punk to be like, I don't feel like this. I'm this. I refuse to label to this like standard. That's as fucking punk as it gets. So why wouldn't tattoo shops accept that? And if you're going to treat it with an attitude of, well, I had this, this, and this coming up. And I remember even when I initially started apprenticing in the early 2000s, seeing some pretty gross hazing shit that like one that will always live in my head was somebody was tearing down a station that was an apprentice. They threw out everything. They accidentally threw out a metal tube and uh, they were told to go into the dumpster and get it and go through all the different trash bags until they found it. So they're going through bio waste. They're going through. A oh, lot. fuck. That's they're going that's through all putting the- somebody's life at risk. That's yeah. fucked up. And this is not as fucked up, but it's grosser to me because it just is. Uh, we shared our dumpster with the Asian restaurant next door. So this person is also going through all of the waste and grossness of this restaurant kitchen and leftover food scraps that are thrown out and all that over a tube that like, and it was even like, well, I'll buy a new one. No, that's not the point. You go get that one. And so it was like really being forced into digging through shit that they could have got happened to, you know, how is a tattoo you know, mentor, are you going to teach someone cross contaminants and bloodborne pathogens and how not to get hepatitis and then equally be like, go jump in the fucking dumpster over the principle of the matter. And it's like, you see that stuff and it is gross, but why would you want to take somebody that's 20 and didn't live through that and wants to get into tattooing and is willing to show up and put in hard work and pay their dues and do everything the right way without the gross hazing aspect of it? Oh, well, you didn't you didn't scrub the floor with no gloves and a toothbrush. So blah, blah, you know, like I had it bad. So you should have it bad. It's such a crap mentality to have. And it's- why would you not want to improve the industry that has become a part of your 
lifestyle. Why would you just want it to suck for other people? Like, that's where we go into the territory of misery loves company. And that's unhealthy. That's toxic as fuck. Going through the civil rights movement and then getting to see people from other ethnicities get more freedom. And instead of being like, I'm so glad that I fought and put my life on the line to better race relations, to be like, these people don't even get beaten anymore. This is some bullshit. Like, I, I just can't imagine that mindset of like, I work hardship. So now you do. And I think that it's, it's a loaded because there are, I've seen apprentices in my life that like, just didn't really care that much and didn't want to do much. And that's a whole separate issue from like, there's way to put in hard work and pay your dues and learn that don't involve having to like degrade and humiliate yourself or others. And yeah. I think it's nice to see a lot of people, you said there are still a lot of shop owners and a lot of people in the industry that want to live that life because they had to go through that. And it's almost a fraternal sort of like, Oh, well, you know, you're part of the club now, but there are a lot of people that I do like the owner at the shop I'm at now came up a long time ago and he likes to ride his motorcycle and he's an old school dude. And if he asks anything of our apprentice who busts her ass as well, like she works a nine to five, comes in, works the whole night here, scrubs the floors, does the whole shebang. He will be so like, hey, if you have a minute, can I get you to run and get paper towels? Please, thank you. Like, I'll pay for your gas. Thank you so much. Like, he's almost overly like, if you have the time, please. And she's like, yeah, of course. Like, that's why I'm here. And it's so cool to see somebody that you would like expect from how long they've been in it and everything to be like, go do this, you know, bitch, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, it's cool to see people that you wouldn't expect to be that way coming around to just being cool, polite, kind people. Cause like you said, kindness is, uh, that's the ultimate punk rock. You can look at like the crass sex pistols era of punk that was just about being a dipshit. Or you can look at like Joe Strummer and the clash and these people that were so big on just like do good. Don't take shit, but do no harm. Be kind to people, include everybody. Don't be a dipshit. And it's, uh, I don't know how we turned in this into a whole 15 minute rant from just saying the gratefulness of uh, being alive in the time we're in and watching things get better, but it's pretty tight to watch. It is. I think I, um, I'm really happy to be a part of the tattoo community right now especially because I have been just seeing, huh? You said, especially because, and I said, in 10 years, robots are taking our job. No, don't say (laughs) it. Don't put it out there in the universe. I don't think they will. I saw that video of the 3D tattoo printer and they would not show the finished product. I think we're good. (laughs) All right. Sweet. So, um, also, nobody wants to get tattooed by a robot. They want the human experience. You can't hold a conversation with a robot. Yeah. Come on. <laughs> All right. I just rewatched the Animatrix recently, and I do not need this <laughs> in my head. So, um, oh, yeah. Whoa. Oh, what was I saying? Topic is coping with robots. Well, I wasn't going to say anything about robots, but now all I got is the fear (laughs) of bots in my brain. 
Oh yeah, no, I'm I'm super happy to be a part of this uh, tattoo community right now. I think one thing that uh, um, is really, really cool to see is less competition and more uplifting of other artists and with other artists. Like, I, the first shop I ever stepped in or the first shop that I like got a very short-lived and miserable apprenticeship in was a shop run by a couple of guys who were very questionable at best. Um, They did hard drugs in the bathroom. They uh, were all the negative-ist things. Um, Yeah, just not fun at all. I was... I was miserable. Um, and that was my first taste of the industry, which definitely damped it, damped, dampened my view of things for a very long time. But uh, they were so competitive with each other. Like, instead oh. of just looking at another tattoo and being like, right on, dude, that's fucking sick. It had to be like, how can I get their client to hate them so their client wants me to be their next artist? And I'm just like, you know that this is all the same business, right? Like you're gonna tear yourself down. You're gonna fall apart if you keep doing this. Shop didn't last longer than a year. Yeah. Like after that, it was closed down so quickly after I left my apprenticeship. But like I, these days, like everybody in my shop, man, if somebody walks over to your station, you 100 can, 100% can bet that they're coming over to like hype you up yeah to be stoked awesome. on you to congratulate you that was one of the coolest things of the whole covid overwhelm over busy thing is that if somebody comes to me and i've tattooed them before and they loved it and they're like hey i loved your work i loved the experience i really want to get this this actually happened just last week um a lady hit me up i had done a small tattoo on her and her and her husband both wanted to get uh, basically like damn near half sleeves, like their whole forearms done, but it was black and gray realism, which is like my most feared style. I don't really dabble in it unless I like absolutely have to. And our owner here is killer at that. And I was able to basically like, Hey man, I don't know how far booked out you are, which it turns out like a month, you know? So it's, he's able to get him in, in a reasonably decent time frame. but I hit him up with their numbers and sent them his way and like gassed him up to them. And it easily could have been like two full day sessions. Like they could have done one, one day, one, the next day. And to be in a time where we're all busy enough and doing good enough that I can just be like, Hey, would you like this couple that are awesome? And at the end of the day, knowing that they want to come back to our shop because instead of just whoever taking whatever they could get and bad mouthing the next guy to get that space, like you said, they did that. And so it blew up in their faces and they closed quick. I was like, Hey, this guy's going to do a way better job. Our rates are fairly similar. He's an awesome person. He's going to treat you well. And I feel like people leave with that knowledge of like, wow, they really cared about me getting the best tattoo instead of just getting my money and kicking me out on the street. And it's like, if you went and you, uh, you were talking about pizza earlier and it's been living in my brain since then, if you went and got a really good slice of pizza somewhere, And another guy that worked at that same pizzeria 
was like, I'm spinning the dough on the next one. Fuck this pizza. It sucks. Like come back when I'm, you know, running the oven, you would be like, wow, this dude really shit on his own place. Like how does I don't want to come back here. If he's telling me this sucks, like, no, that's a huge turnoff. There's such a like disingenuine, absurd feeling. And that is something that I've noticed in tattooing with certain people, even to this day that they'll, you know, celebrate everyone and they want to be positive, but at the same time behind closed doors, they're kind of like, Oh, did you see so-and-so's work? Oh, this, Oh, that. And it, it can catch up with people that you're like, okay, well, if they're shitting on other people's work, then what are they saying about mine when I'm not around versus the amount of people that I'm meeting lately that they really are just like super hyped for everybody to be doing good and learning and getting better. And even they'll see people that have been tattooing 20 years, still learn new things and be like, holy shit, that's awesome. And just, it feels like there's a lot more uplifting these days and not just for the sake of looking chummy or coattailing or doing cool things. It's because people are genuinely just excited to all see each other thrive and see each other do good. Yeah, no, I, uh, so the shop I'm working at now, I've been working at for about two years. Um, and I kind of like to say that I started tattooing here when I became like a licensed official tattooer. However, pre-COVID, there was a shop that I worked at for exactly one month because I had just gotten licensed, just got my like job as official tattoo artist. And then kind of COVID happened. Um, and I didn't go back to that shop. I was fucking miserable at that shop. It, that entire month was one of like the worst times for me to have my dream job. It sucked. And the reason was because the owners and every single person that worked in that shop talked shit about everything. They talked shit about their clients when their client walked out the door. When my client was in the bathroom, they talked shit about him. They would talk shit about the client's designs. They would talk shit about the tattoo shop down the street saying they're stealing all of our business. They talk shit about each other. Never was anybody ever saying anything positive. And like, they're still around and everything. Um, I have nothing to do with them because I just that toxicity, that negative mindset where you feel you must feel so bad about yourself that you have to bring down everyone else. Because like, I cannot think of a yeah how else that can be just the shared mentality unless everybody's just miserable. But, but that's awesome. it was draining for me, I and I never had return clients. Never, no matter how good of a job I did for the client, I think that entire environment scared away all of my clients. Yeah. And it's, you broke the cycle though, which is awesome because it is a thing where misery loves company and it, it will, one negative person at a job of positive people will drag them down to that level. It, they will not get lifted up because they don't want to be. And instead of stooping to that level or falling into that mentality and becoming a miserable person, you got out of it. You got somewhere better for you. It was a better fit. And now you get to be positive and do awesome tattoos and people want to come back. And it's such a 
it's funny the little things that every shop does different because it's what works for them to get people back um and I don't mean that in like a salesman like we got to retain, but like just genuine kindnesses. We have the snack cabinet at our shop that the owner just like absolutely super one upped me and went ass wild with it when it started to get low. But the, it's mind blowing that if somebody's in and they're like, yeah, I ate, but you know, I'm a little hungry or whatever that I'm like, oh, we've got Sprites, we've got Cokes, we've got water, granola bars, cheeses, whatever. Like, what do you need? And we'll hand them something. And it's like such a silly thing, but people really will. Oh, wow. They gave me 85 cents in Walmart snacks, but it really wasn't about what they gave me. It was the fact that they cared enough about me to like notice that I was getting a little pale and my blood sugar was down or something and get me a snack and take care of me and make me feel welcome here. And the polar opposite of that, I swear I'm going somewhere with this is like, you have all these little things you do for people to make them feel welcome on the opposite end of that, even if I'm treating you with the utmost respect while tattooing you, if the guy next to me is doing the same for his client, and as soon as that client's out, they're like, God, can you believe that fucking, ugh, and just start talking shit, there's no quicker way for the person in my chair to immediately think like, okay, so what are they saying about me when I'm not here? And yeah. So gross. Yep. So you can fall into that and you can become one of them or you can just keep your head down and deal with it to make it because you are finally working your dream job or you can have the balls to be like, now nah, this isn't the spot for me and to go find your spot. And that's awesome that there are people that are able to break that cycle instead of getting drugged down to that level. Uh, I think keeping a positive mindset, like how do you, keep a positive mindset when you're having a really rough day um, like how do you keep yourself from falling into uh the anger and negativity that like for example that last shop that I used to work at everybody seemed to have fallen into like because I'm I'm sure people aren't born like that it builds up and it yeah. eats away at them and that's how it becomes a constant in their life. I just And it's also not just a long-term thing. It can be a temporary thing too. We can just have bad days. Oh, yeah. That's acceptable. How do you keep yourself in a positive mentality when you feel yourself going downward? I don't, I've had a lot of shitty life experiences and that doesn't mean that I've had like a shitty life per se. I think my life's pretty rad. But I think I've lived through enough shit that anytime I feel myself putting on that other shoe that I can pull myself out of it because I'm like, well, remember when you felt this way? Remember when you were this? Remember when you were that? And I feel like, yeah, it's the same thing that I have been in scenarios. Uh, there's a guy who was super famous for uh, just being a real dickhead that owned a music store here in Dayton, Ohio. And he had a lot of money through like smart investing and through his family initially having money for him to invest. So he had all of these really, really gnarly like vintage guitars and amps. And it was a cool shop to go in and it was a cool shop to get stuff from, but he was just well known for being just a total dick. And I would watch kids come in 
and like sell him a guitar and they'd be like oh i have this you know esp i know it's nothing fancy but whatever and he'd be like oh man that thing's a piece of shit i'm gonna have to tear it apart rebuild it i can give you 50 bucks for it and the kid's like oh man i was really hoping for a hundred and he's like oh i guess i could give you 75 and then he would give him 75 bucks they would leave and the second they were out the door he'd be like oh this thing's great i'm gonna tag it at like 800 dollars. that kid's a dipshit and i'm like imagining the audacity of this guy to admit that he's ripping people off with other clients in the store and that they're like, okay, cool. I know not to come back here. Or I know that this guy's ripping people off. And so I can think about that. And I'm like, why would I be a person talking shit about anything in front of anyone's clients? When I know that feeling of like, wow, that person's a dick for being that way. And he was just like one small example, but I think that's always been my go-to is just remembering we didn't kill Selena. We've got a pretty good life. We get to do art and cool things, but really at the end of the day, just that we have all had to deal with that person at some point from the customer side of things, whether it's a restaurant, whether it's a music store, whether it's, you know, going to the DMV, which is like my least favorite thing on this planet. Um, Ew. Right. Oh, so gross. Don't talk about it. That ability to remember who I am and what I'm about and put myself in those shoes of like, wow, remember when the world was really shitty to you? Don't be shitty to other people is kind of my driving force in remaining positive and not being super negative. Someone's got to like really, really go for me to be like, nah, fuck that person. And there's a couple of them, but for the most part, like I just try to remember that I've been on the other side of it and to not let being a dickhead win, even when it's hard. <laughs> oh God, sometimes it's so hard. Yeah. I, I definitely, I'm, sometimes I, uh, well, you're the king of Pinterest tattoos, right? yeah yeah so um i've worked with people before that cannot stand that shit and that's not it's that stuff isn't shit they just can't stand that no no no. Um, yeah you know they're all like it's too simple it's you know not worth the time why can't they want real art why do they only want like some minimalistic line work oh whatever they're stupid and I'm 18 and I hate them and oh, I guess I'll just do it anyways and I'll jack up the price because you know I gotta make it worth my time um that I found is such a it's a really common mentality when it comes to especially the Pinterest style tattoos yeah. the minimalistic tattoos the what I guess a lot of people are calling Kelsey tattoos and stuff um And it can be a really, really negative thing for a client to hear somebody talk about their tattoo like that. Because sure, that infinity symbol might be boring as fuck to somebody who's used to doing like full color sleeves and stuff. But to that person that girl Jillian will call her that infinity symbol was like it's on her wrist and it's the same infinity symbol that her older sister had on her wrist um and her older sister died tragically in a car crash and it's 
uh, a way for her to keep her sister's memory alive with her. You know, uh, the, the amount like, of that I've done a hundred and fifty dollar. This took me fifteen minutes tracing someone's grandma's handwriting from a birthday card that brought them to tears because of how much they loved their grandma and how much that piece of her will always be with them far outweighs the amount of times that I've invested sessions upon sessions into a full traditional sleeve of snakes and butterflies and roses and skulls that that person has been like, Oh, dope. And they love it. But like, what was the meaning? Oh, that I love fucking snakes and skulls and roses. I think they look cool. Like if it carries a big meaning. Yeah. I just can't imagine a world where people would be above getting to make hundreds of dollars an hour to do art for a living and still have the audacity to be like, well, this will make this person happy, but it's not really art. So I'm going to be fucking begrudging about it when I could be, you know, fucking taking out the trash at McDonald's for $8 an hour right now. So to keep yourself from being begrudging, you remind yourself how much it means to that client. Fuck yeah. I I had, this is actually a funny story because this was just last week. Uh, I was saying there was two girls that came in and I tattooed them until probably like 8, 830, but it felt like midnight just because it was dark two in the afternoon. Um, They each got like three tattoos and that was kind of the conversation. I was like, well, we have an hour minimum. If your tattoo is going to take 10 minutes, is there anything else you want? Because if I'm going to charge you this much, you may as well get your money's worth. And I had told them that prior to the day of, and they both had like three small things that I think maybe they took like an hour and a half each. They were super chill, but the initial idea that they had was one of them wanted to get and just like a single needle, simple lettering, no matter where. And the other one got no matter when or no matter what. I don't know. It was one of the who, what, where, when, why's. And they had asked me, they're like, be honest with us. How many times have you done this exact tattoo? And I was honest with them. And I was like, we might be in the hundreds at this point. And they were like, kind of got sad. Not at me. They were just like, oh man, like we're in a trend. Boo. And I was like, do you guys love each other no matter where? And they're like, well, of course. And I was like, do you guys love each other no matter what? And they're like, yeah. And I was like, then that's your fucking tattoo. Roll with it. And then I showed them my Celtic cross and my kanji tattoos that I have on me from like 1998 and was like, it happens. It's fads. No one cares. It's get what you want, do what you love. Don't let anybody bully you into getting something different. If it's not what you want. I do feel bad. I made a joke about Pinterest tattoos to them. I was like, look, I will do this all day. I don't care if you want an infinity loop turning into a dandelion turning off into little birds. I don't care if you want Zayden, Caden, Brayden, okay then. And the one girl was like, my kid's name is Caden. And I, I had to like laugh about that. That I was like, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah. Kitten's I mean, name is Caden? Yeah, her kid's name was Caden. And I had oh, made- Oh, I a- thought you said kitten. Oh, no, I, I was making- <laughs> All of the pictures, uh, their kids yeah. were like- Braden and Caden and she's like that is my kid's name and I was like who cares do you like it do you like your kid none of this matters do what you want and uh yeah like also what are you gonna stop liking your kid because somebody else made a timeless joke about the rhyming of popular (laughs) names right now and they were laughing about it and it was fine but they left they came in so gassed up on their tattoos 
and then they had like a little lull of like everybody probably does the same thing don't they and then they left again so gassed up on their tattoos because they were like fuck it these are our tattoos they're for each other they came out well we're in love with them i got to just hang out with them and listen to 90s on nine on Sirius and wear clothes i like and joke and talk the whole time and made money to draw on them it's like such a win-win why would anybody be upset about that yeah i don't I feel like the people that do complain about not uh, the tattoos not being like worth their time or artistic enough or being boring or something are really taking this job for granted and the opportunity to do something great for somebody else and get paid at the same time. It's pretty dope. We get to live Usually good- doing good things for other people can be costly or it takes giving up your time and energy and not getting a lot of things in return. But this time you can do something great for somebody and you can get paid. But uh, yeah, no, I think um, I've had people ask me before as well, you know, like, I know this is really, this is is this super Karen-y of me? I'm, I'm so sorry. Am I being super basic? And I just look at them straight up and be like, yeah, it's a basic tattoo. It's not super detailed. It's basic in concept, but you're not basic. You're a human being with feelings and thoughts. And this means something to you, regardless yeah. of its simplicity or minimalism. Hell no, you're not being Karen-y. And you're being a badass bitch who's got the balls to go to the tattoo shop and get a procedure done that's going to permanently alter your physical appearance so that you can have a matching infinity symbol in the same spot as your late sister had on her wrist. That's amazing. If you are in your mid-40s and you have Braxton and Zayden and you put them in the Honda Fit, and you have the audacity to drive in your North Face to the tattoo shop and to go up to the guy or girl with fucking tattoos all over their face, and it's super intimidating to walk in there, and you have the nerve to say, hey, I want to get my late father's handwriting from this birthday card on my rib really small. You're punk as fuck. Like, the fact that you were like, I'm going to go in there and do it, and I don't care how they judge me, and I don't care how they look, I'm not afraid of this because tattoo shops can be super fucking intimidating. Like, yeah, they can. And if somebody has the nerve to like see you put yourself out there and to like want to deny you a good or service that they get really good money to do and like could have a good life doing to be like, no, that's fucking care and shit. That's lame. And I will say to play devil's advocate, if you are somebody that's booked up three or four days a week with full day sessions of beautiful realism because you've spent decades tattooing and you have harnessed your craft and you are thousands of dollars a day and you are the shit at what you do, you cannot do that tattoo. Like boundaries are awesome, but there's a big difference between going, no, that's dumb. You're a Karen and going, hey. I'm $2,500 a day and I don't think you want to pay that to get this little tattoo, but this dude over here in the booth next to me is Dusty the Pinterest wizard and he will absolutely tattoo that on you. He's probably booked out a few weeks, like here's his card and I'll probably go chat with him at least for a minute just to build a rapport 
like and that goes into the whole feeding into others and celebrating others and bringing them up and not being a competitive dickhead and tattooing the same way that if somebody came in and I'm banging out Pinterest jammers and hand sized traditional all day, that was like, I want to get this beautiful portrait of my mother on the whole side of my thigh. I'd be like, wow, I'm so not going to do a good job at that. Here is aura and she is the shit and she's going to do such a good job with this and pass it off to my coworker. That's going to do a killer job with it. But like, you can still celebrate people and you can still bring them up and you can still make them feel welcome and treat them with good feelings and good intentions. And even if they don't get the tattoo that day, they're going to come back. They're going to help feed somebody at your shop. They're going to go tell people, you know, this guy looked super fucking intimidating and he had the balls to help me and treat my idea with dignity. How crazy is that? And I have always thought, and I feel like there's probably studies with exact percentages on this, but realistically, I feel like there is, if you treat somebody really poorly, there's like a 95% chance that they're going to go tell people and they're going to go tell the internet. If you treat somebody very favorably, 50, eh, 50, maybe like people are so much more willing to go voice when they've been wronged. So like, yeah, why, that's would, true. why wouldn't you take the extra three minutes, even if you're not tattooing them or it just doesn't work out, even if they're an asshole and they kind of deserve it to just show them the other side and be like, Hey, I'm going to give you the good cheek. I'm going to be polite to you. Sorry. It didn't work out. Or, Hey, this person will do it. And even if they were just the dickhead of the story by maintaining your composure for a few minutes, you've really sent somebody out there that can't bitch and moan about you. They can't have issues. They can't complain about how your shop wronged them. They're just, you know, it's just good business. Mm. You know what I like? What's that? But also really intimidates me. But also gets me emotionally involved because I'm a very emotional person. Is memorial tattoos. Yeah. Dude, the looks on their faces when you give them something that helps in their process of healing. Oh, unforgettable. But I'm also super empathetic and I will if you cry during your tattoo session telling me like a really heartfelt story about a lost loved one while getting a memorial tattoo you bet your ass I'm gonna cry too oh yeah <laughs> it's a, like, I cry all the time during tattooing it's it's a little what? embarrassing I don't know this person but I'm like touched by the whole process you're helping them heal though and that's such a rad thing and it really does get boiled down to not only did you just get to do art for a living and make good money to do it, you got to help someone heal with something that will probably outlive us all. You know, like this piece of art will be on their body until it decomposes. That's permanent. You're helping them with healing. You're helping this person with so much and changing their life for the better. And like, imagine getting to do all that and get paid for it and live your life the way you want with cool tattoos and clothes and music and roll in and do this and not be adhered to like, you have to wear a suit and tie. You have to roll in at this exact time and to still have the nerve to be like, man, this job fucking sucks. These clients suck. This place sucks. Like, I don't know. Go get man. a fucking different job. Yeah. We got a go, pretty. 
Go work for fucking Kroger. Bag some fucking groceries. Not saying that that's a bad job. I love all of my grocery baggers, especially to those of them that know not to put the bread on the bottom. Thank you. I love you all so much. But like, just get a different job. If you hate your clients, get a different job. If you don't think that their ideas are worth your time, do something else. Yeah. But like this community of tattooers and the way we're evolving, we ain't got time for that negativity. We're here to feel a shit ton of love and to uplift each other up and to give and to make the world a better place with art. And hell yeah. Yeah. So it is, that is like the perfect ending thought. And it is 6.30. We went way over. Sorry, Gabe. Sorry, everybody at Reinventing. Um, we have a bad habit of doing that constantly. Um, but I think I've never done that. I, Robbie and I almost every week, um, I'm in his coaching program and there was one week where it just ended very organically with all dozen people at eight o'clock, two hours in. And it almost felt awkward. Cause we're like, wow, we go late. This is what do we do? And we just kind of agreed for everybody to just part ways early for the night. And like, okay, I guess we did it. But typically, yeah, we run over because we're a feelingsy bunch and we like to talk and we like to be empathetic and relate. But I think that's such a good ending note that, yeah, if you don't like it, go find something else to do. If you do like it, then love it and own it. And if you're just having a bad day and other people are making you want to not like it, remember how fucking awesome it is and how rad things are and what we get to do and don't let people drag you into their well of negativity and if you're not a tattooist and you're listening out there and you are afraid that your tattoo idea is too basic it's not you're a fucking badass get it done you within reason i'm gonna say that it's not that you have the wrong tattoo you just have the wrong tattoo artist And that artist may be a fit for someone else. And there's another artist out there that's a fit for you, unless you're getting like a fucking swastika or some shit. Um, But within reason, your tattoo isn't basic and you're not basic and the right artist is out there. So just find your people and roll with it. Hell yeah. On that note, I'll say that, do you have anything you want to plug? Anything cool you're doing? You work at an Uh, awesome Tell people where you're at. Oh, yeah. Uh, I am Medusa. Medusa Slays. Uh, You can find me on Instagram at Medusa Slays with three S's at the end or MedusaSlays.com. I am a member of the Reinventing Tech 2 community. So if you join that, you'll see me online a bunch too, tapping around, making dumb jokes. Yeah. And I am always in Dusty Pitstick. I work at Royal Prevail in Fairborn, Ohio. Uh, on Instagram, it's Mo Bunny Mo Problems, or you can book at MoBunnyMoProblems.com. And I'm always traveling. I did a ton this year. I've got like two trips every month next year already. It's insane. I love it. Super grateful. I'll come to your city and do nothing but infinity loops just to prove a point. Uh, <laughs> But beyond that, thank you so much to Reinventing and thank you, Gabe, for letting us ramble. And thank you, Robbie, who is always here but was not here today because he's celebrating his 12th birthday and getting tattooed. Happy 8th birthday, Robbie. 
right? He's going to be a little man before we know it. <laughs> yeah, he was just born. He was happy, born on today to Robbie Rip, uh, Ripoll. I almost say Ripple, and there's a whole story behind that. Uh, I have to, like, stop myself. To Robbie Rickroll, happy today is your birthday. <laughs> you are eight hours old, and we love you. <laughs> See you next day. Bye. Bye. <laughs>